Hello, good Turtle members, and anyone listening that's not a Turtle member, you better sign up, turtlemath.com. <laughs> um, today we're going to talk about, well, there's a comment really, and it's going to go from there. Comment from Headline in the group says, the app needs weight entries, weight entries to be able to check in properly, so how can I get around not weighing every day? I'm nearly at the end of week four, and for the last few weeks I've not lost any weight. I know weight isn't the be-all and end-all and I've made progress away from the scales. Feel better, understand my food intake, exercise and moving more, but I'm still so hooked on what the scales say. And it literally makes me moody and think, what's the point if I see a number that I don't like? I'm determined to stick to this, but need the help. And there's been some awesome comments on this. And a lot of you might have this kind of struggle. It's like, weigh-in is a very easy thing to do. And we take week- daily weigh-ins because we take the weekly average because your weight will go up and down every single day. That's just how it is. Fluctuations happen no matter how good you are with your targets. And just getting on the scales for 10 seconds in the morning and having that data is very easy to guess, very useful. But you don't actually have to do the weigh-ins. You can use measurements, you can use photos, how your f- uh, clothes fit. But weight is a very easy metric to do, so that's why we recommend doing it. Um, few options you can do here so sarah replies saying can you switch units to something you don't understand like if you weigh in stones normally change it to kilograms so you're disassociated from it if you're not tried weighing every day i'll definitely recommend it it's my relationship with the scales and myself so much better it really is just data um roberta says have you been taking measurements of photos there can be changes to lose without the scales doing very much and this is true you can lose fat but not actually lose weight right say it again you can lose fat but not lose weight because your total body weight is a lot of it's to do with water food all that stuff so you can lose one pound of fat one week but your total weight doesn't come down so you you can't say you can't go off one or two weeks of data when you with your weight you've got to give it longer than that um Haley says i agree with sarah i only lost the emotions attached to the scales once i started weighing every day when you see the numbers change every day it's hard to get so annoyed about it because you realize there's no rhyme or reason to it try and focus on the changes you're making so far they will show you what the point of all this is the rest will come great advice lucy says there's a podcast about the weighing thing i think it may have been in today's one it was about how to look past the number on the scales and how it makes you feel so much can affect the number. Mine's impacted on my hormones. I've noticed when I, when my endometriosis symptoms are particularly bad, the number is much higher. Then on good days, it drops back down. Try and stay positive. Great advice. Melissa says, I totally get where you are and as I was in the same space. Like you, I have those thoughts and feelings. I'm still on the program and will continue. I know my diet is healthier and I'm pleased to have significantly reduced the rubbish I used to eat. I'm hoping there will be a numerical change by the end of March. Small will be good. I'm not looking for miracles. We just need to keep each other motivated and share all the good ideas and protein-rich recipes. Brilliant. Um, and then Vicky says, I'd say do it every day. Don't even really look at it anymore. The only thing I look at is my fat percent, body fat percentage. As I have skills that show that. My weight hasn't changed much, but my body fat percentage has gone down. And Claire's saying, I'm really pleased you asked this as I found the response is helpful too. I haven't been weighing every day, but we'll also try and do it more frequently. We can do this. Now, what I say here is you don't have to weigh yourself every day. We're just saying this is optimal for getting weekly average. You can weigh yourself four times a week. That will still give you roughly the same weekly average. We're just saying it's one of the most useful data sets to collect. So as a scientist, as we all should view ourselves, as a scientist of our own life, when we look at our fat loss journey, and specifically talk about fat loss, weight data is very useful. 
and we can easily collect it. So obviously we, we would do that. Measurements are useful, you know. Um, photos are useful because you can see changes and maybe not on the scales. You've got to take a lot of these different ones and pick the route that works for you. The app will still adjust um, over time where it has more, more data. If it does have measurement data or how your clothes fit, it can start adapting and changing your targets. But it's hard to optimize when the data is not coming in, right? But my reply to Helen was, how many times have you weighed yourself? The reason we do daily or at least four times a week is that we take a weekly average. If, for example, you weigh yourself today and it's a low day, so say you weigh 70 kgs, and then only weigh yourself next week and you get a 71 kg weigh in, you may think you've gained one kg, but 71 kg may be the top end of your normal weight fluctuation. Based on this, you will think you're not making progress, but the weigh-ins between those two could be something like 68 kg, 69 kg, 70 kg, 69.2 kg. And your average weight for the week may have been 69 kg. So you can quickly see how only weighing once a week and making decisions on this can lead you down the wrong path. But if you don't want to weigh yourself, you have a few options. Weigh yourself in a metric you don't know, buy a smart scale, um, weekly measurements, wear the same clothes, take photos. Weight isn't the be all end all, right? Helen replies, I'm trying to weigh myself daily this week. I know logically I can't have put on two pounds of fat in a day when I'm within my calories, but when my aim is to weigh less, it's really disheartening. I'll start measuring weekly and take photos. Having been doing that, definitely need to change my mindset. And I said, because this is what Helen says, I know logically, I'm not coming out Helen at all. A lot of people say this, like nearly everyone says this at the start as well. I know logically I can't have put on two pounds of fat in a day, but it's still disheartening, okay? What this means is, is that Helen and other people that see their weight go up, there's a tiny bit of them that still thinks that's fat gain. Because if you clearly see that can't be fat gain, because you haven't overconsumed your calories, to gain two pounds of fat in one day, you'd have to consume about nine, ten thousand calories, right? Okay, in one day. There's no way you're doing that. Because you can never just automatically, like, by mistake, do that. If you see that fact, there is no feeling bad when you see the weight go up because you know it's not fat. It, you can't be disheartened by it then. Does that make sense? If I see a fact and I 100% see it, I believe it, that's a fact. That The fact then doesn't get distorted and then I feel that it's not right. For, like Helen thinks, oh, I put two pounds on. And it's about the mindset maybe, I put two pounds on. I know it's not fat though. Because, you know, and I know there's no way I didn't go my calories, but oh, maybe what if it is? Oh, what if it is fat? What if I'm doing everything wrong? What if I have put fat on? What if it could be fat, though? Maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't have that chocolate bar. And this is all thoughts coming from memory. Your experience and memory of trying to lose weight for years, maybe. So these thoughts are not, like, they're just automatic reactions to the stimulus. And we shouldn't remove the stimulus of the weight because if we remove and run away from it, we cause a bigger problem. We make it a much bigger problem if we run away from it. Like anxiety, like things you're anxious about. If you run away from them, you get more anxious about it, right? But what we need to do is we need to get on the scales, look at the number, and just look at it without judging it, without saying anything about it. Just look at the number and go 80.2 80 kilograms, full stop. 69.2 kilograms, or whatever your weight is. 50 kilograms 128 pounds full stop that's how we need to do it and no it's like scott easy as much easier said and done but we do this for other stuff we do this for liters we put in our car when we fill our car up right we go oh, i want to get 20 quid in da, 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 da. oh 20.1 no oh, it's 20.1 done 
there's no uh, oh there's no reaction to it I'll put 10 liters in you get a 10 liters 10 liters in done right that's done there's no adverse reaction to that number right there's a few other examples like that where we don't have this adverse reaction to the number Right, for example, a bank account may be different because then you might think, oh, well, I negate the story, right? But the number's the number. The number just tells us a story we already believe, right, in a sense. And I think it's important that we look at that. We're not scared to look at the numbers because the numbers, in most of the cases, are the facts. Like, if you're scared to look at your bank account but you've got bills to pay, right, that's not going to help you. You have to look at the bank account and go, right, I'm in a bad position. I need to find 200 quid somewhere, right? That's the fact. Now you can start panicking about it, you can catastrophize, you can get anxious, you can worry, or you can actually just go ahead and put a plan in place. So stop worrying about it, put a plan in place. How, what do I have to do next to make this situation better? That's really what we're saying, right? What do I have to do next to increase the number in my bank account? What do I have to do next so that overall my weight decreases? But we can't judge it off one way in. Unlike your bank account, for example. Well, even your bank account, maybe you have pay coming in and it's job done. You know? When you look at your weight, you must look at weekly averages because that's the average of the week. And ideally, monthly averages. When you compare monthly averages, you can start seeing patterns. After six months, and you look at the numbers and it goes, right, six months ago, I was 60 kgs. The, the, the latest month, my average weight is 64 kgs. The truth is I've gained fat, most likely. I've gained a bit of fat, my weight's gone up. Fact, let's now work from that, right? But when you're working with illusions, working with not facts, such as your weight going up two pounds in one day and you think it might be fat, you're gonna go down the wrong path and that wrong path's gonna loop you all the way back to step one and you're gonna come all the way back around to step one you go, oh, back, back I am again, oh my God, right? Why am I doing this all the time? Why do I have to do, you know, that's how we feel. Um, so yeah, we are scientists. Remember, we are experimenting. I did a performance seminar last night, and um, you know, the calories and the protein, the carbs is much higher for the, the people expected because we are used to deficit macros, deficit calories. Of course, when we've got a performance optimization, it's going to be much higher. And we're shocked. Oh my God, there's no way I can eat that. It's the same as all time. We're always shocked by it because of the normal. The normal is always low calories. The normal is always this, right? The normal is always low weight, size zero, size four, all that nonsense. And to finish with, there is a new um, energy availability quiz. Not sorry, not energy availability. Um, eating personality quiz, right? So this eating personality quiz. This is five eating personalities based on or eating types based on research. Okay. Um, and the explanations are backed on research, all that stuff. It's not just like one of those nonsense quizzes that actually just do nothing and just are there. Do you know what I mean? They're just, oh, what is that? It's a nonsense quiz, made it all up. This is genuinely questions they ask people in research questionnaires to figure out what type of eater they are. Okay, so if we look at the um, five eating types we have. So if you take this quiz, it takes you a minute one or two minutes because with a few questions you can find out um we've got the restrained eater okay so the restrained eater quickly 
Um, you are highly aware of your food intake and often have a strong desire to control your weight. You may use restrictive dieting strategies and have a tendency to feel guilty or ashamed when you don't meet your goals. You may have a chronic dieter, uh, you may be a chronic dieter, not all restraining desire though, and try different restrictive strategies to control a lower weight. Most are unsuccessful in the long term. It's important to remember that when taken too far, restrictive eating can be negative, can have negative consequences. It can develop disordered eating habits such as anorexia or binge eating disorder. It can lead to a preoccupation with food, weight and body image, which can negatively impact your mental and emotional well-being. Additionally, restrictive eating can interfere with your body's natural hunger and fullness cues, leading to a lack of balance in relation with food. Here's the strengths to restrained eaters. You are consciously monitoring and limit your food intake in an effort to control your weight or maintain a certain body size. This approach can help you achieve and maintain a healthy body weight and can lead to healthier food choices and a more balanced diet. It can be an effective tool for weight management and can promote self-discipline and self-control. You may feel in control of your eating habits. It is important to find balance and be mindful of the potential negative effects though whilst also acknowledging the benefits it can bring. Remember that it's okay to enjoy food and to make choices that align with your values and goals, okay? Unrestrained eaters. Unrestrained eater, you are more relaxed attitude towards food and may engage in impulsive or emotional eating. You may have a tendency to overeat and may not be concerned with your weight. You tend to have a YOLO approach to food and life. This is unrestrained eater. Strengths of an unrestrained eater, you may often have quite a well-rounded you, have, you may often have a quite a well-rounded, healthy attitude to eating, but find you use food as a coping mechanism. Being relaxed and flexible when it comes to food is essential. Research shows rigid dieters who try and follow strict plans actually binge more than unrestrained eaters. A flexible approach leads to a lower body weight, less stress, and a lower chance of distorted eating. However, did you know food is the most abused, non-prescribed anxiety medication? As an unrestrained eater, you could be using food in the YOLO fashion to deal with emotions. Then we have emotional eaters. You eat in response to negative emotions such as stress, stress, anxiety, or depression. You may use food as a way to cope with difficult feelings and may have a hard time controlling your food intake when you're feeling emotional. The strengths of an emotional eater, you might be using food as a way to cope with difficult emotions and that it can provide temporary relief from stress anxiety and depression you may find comfort in food and it can make you feel less alone in your struggles it might be giving you a sense of control in your life as it allows you to regulate your emotions in a way that feels immediate and tangible in this sense moments of emotional eating can reduce our total stress and give us some peace to think and process however emotional eating should be understood and managed as it can lead to weight gain lower self-esteem and perpetual loops of feeling down eating than feeling down and the last two, you've got the external eater. External eater, you eat in response to external cues such as the sight or smell of food rather than in response to internal hunger cues. You may eat more than they need. You may eat all than you need and have a hard time stopping once you start eating. Um, the strengths... It means you're comfortable eating and enjoying in the social setting, that's good. You can ignore or manage minor hunger cues or cravings that arise internally. You tend to need external prompts to eat and in a healthy environment this can be beneficial. You can however be led astray by an environment and eat more than you need to, okay? And the final one is the mindful eater. This is the least, this is the people, the, 
how do I explain this? <laughs> the smaller segment of people will be mindful eaters, right? So mindful eater, you are attuned to your body's hunger and fullness cues and make an effort to eat in response to those cues. You may be less likely to engage in emotional or external eating and tend to be calm even if you do eat more than planned. You can, however, be too focused on being mindful and not go with the flow in social scenarios that could disturb group dynamics. Having a mindful approach to, taken too far can cause anxiety when control over a situation isn't 100% possible. The mindfulness becomes the problem sometimes. Strength of a mindful eater. As a mindful eater, you also gain more benefits in other areas of your life as you're more in tune with the present moment and can respond in a calm manner to emotions and external cues. You are present and aware when you eat, paying attention to the taste, texture and smell of the food, as well as your own feelings of hunger and fullness. You are in tune with your body's hunger and fullness cues, leading to a more balanced and intuitive relationship with food. Your ability to be mindful when eating is a powerful tool for weight management and it has led to an improvement in your overall well-being by reducing stress and promoting relaxation. It has helped you develop a better understanding of your own relationship with food and foster a more non-judgmental and compassionate relationship with your body. It has also helped you cultivate self-awareness, self-regulation and self-care skills. And I've gone through those fast, but those are the five types of eaters. And if you want to find out which one are you, again, this is not an actual diagnosis or anything. It's just a kind of signal, maybe, or maybe I am a. Um, you can take the quiz and find out for yourself and put the link in the uh, podcast uh, description box. But it's important to know what type of eaters we are so we can know where to work on. Um, I'm an unrestrained eater. You know, I have a very relaxed view of food, YOLO, kind of like I'm happy to just eat and obviously I track my macros and stuff like that but I have a very flexible and fluid approach to food and that in some cases takes me way over my allowances and I'm absolutely fine with it the consequence of that type of eating is like if I did want to lose five or ten pounds or like do performance nutrition and nail it I'd have to really rein it rein in some of the unrestrained behaviors like always being very flexible and laser fair with my approach to food um i eat anything in a sense um and it doesn't stress me out that's a superpower of it but at the same time might want to be more mindful or of the cues and not just eat 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 do you mean all of them have got their benefits which is the important part every single one's got their benefits any single one of them taken too far is bad um but you need to figure out which one you are so you can work on it but hopefully this podcast was useful on the basics weigh-ins and all that stuff and if any of that resonates then uh take the quiz and let me know what you what score you get and other than that have a good weekend remember to bring things back now so if the prompt is to do one thing today that you maybe haven't done all week that you wish you did right do that today get it done weekends come in maybe go for a long walk plan something in the weekend that's very uh mindful and calming and if you're out drinking and eating socially make sure the next day doesn't become a heavy eating day so you know what to do there get your fridge stocked with the good foods fruits waters and there'll be no problem so enjoy your weekend i'll see you all on monday